0: This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. The Lord be with you. you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, "Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing." And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, "He saved others; let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his the chosen one." The soldiers also mocked him coming up and offering his sour wine and saying, If you were the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the others rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the true gospel of the Lord. Thank Praise the, the word. Lord, the word, Lord, the light. Be seated, please. So I say good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Did you know that you can get insurance on your legs and feet? Yeah. Lloyds of London, one of the world's largest and oldest insurance companies, will. Ensure your lower limbs if you want. And that is what runway models, professional dancers, and premier soccer players want. Some models won't stroll down a catwalk in high heels unless their feet are insured for at least $100,000. The dancing phenom Fred Astaire insured his legs for 75,000 bucks a piece. But world-famous soccer player David Beckham takes the cake. He's insured his athletic legs for an astounding $70 million. While the health of his legs and feet are essential to David Beckham, they're probably not important to you. I mean, if Beckham shattered his ankle so that uh, he was no longer able to play soccer, it wouldn't change your life, would it? There are, however, a pair of feet besides your own that should be of great interest to you. What happens to these feet affects us eternally. I'm talking about the amazing feet of Jesus Christ, your King. Those feet were once pierced, are now prevailing, and will soon be parading. I don't suppose Jesus' feet looked very extraordinary. Like your feet, they had once been tiny, kicking the inside of his mother's tummy. By the time Jesus was an adult, his feet were probably like most first century AD feet calloused and dusty from wearing open-toed sandals on dirty roads, but Jesus' feet were extraordinary. In fact, the first description in the Bible we have of Jesus is not of the color of his eyes or the shape of his jaw, it's of his feet. Now, What makes this description especially interesting is that it was given thousands of years before his birth. In the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, we hear God promise Adam and Eve a savior from sin. This savior, God explained, would would crush the head of Satan, but in the the process would bruise his own heel. Now fast forward to the cross of Calvary. Where did the Roman soldiers do to Jesus' feet? They nailed them to the wooden cross. As far as they were concerned, those those, those were feet that would no longer walk from Galilee to Judea or mount a donkey for a procession into Jerusalem again they were going to put a stop to this supposed king's activities. That's what Satan thought too. But in driving a spike through those feet, the soldiers inadvertently fulfilled Christ the King's mission to pay for the world's sin with the blood that flowed from his wounds. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah put it this way. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Because Jesus has paid for our sins on the cross, Satan, the accuser, uh, as his name means, can no longer insist that God punish us for our sins. He still insisted, but God the Father doesn't listen to him anymore than a stone. Uh, Then a a store manager would listen to an an accusation that you have stolen and shoplifted CDs after you've presented him the receipt for those CDs. The pierced feet of Jesus are your receipt that the punishment for your sins have been paid so you no longer have to fear God's eternal judgment in, in hell. It's awesome that Jesus allowed his feet to be pierced for our sins, but where are those feet now? Were they mummified when Joseph and Nicodemus took Jesus' corpse down and uh, down from the cross to care for it? If so, are they stuck in a church museum somewhere ready for, for viewing by the faithful? That's kind of what some of the Christian uh, the Corinthian uh, Christians thought. They knew Christ had died, but didn't believe he had risen. The Apostle Paul was quick to set them straight. He wrote, For what I have received I have passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the the brothers at the same time. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me. Even though Jesus' disciples themselves didn't think they'd ever see Jesus' feet move again, the way they had uh, over the water, to the bedside of the sick, or up mountains to pray. Jesus' feet did not remain cold and lifeless. Three days after his death, Jesus' Jesus's feet stepped out of the dark tomb into the sunlight of Easter morning, and when they did, they didn't just step over the threshold of a tomb. They crossed the threshold of death itself. Paul explains, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. The pierced feet of Jesus may have succumbed to death, but they now prevail over it. The prevailing is not like the prevailing of Sir Edmund Hillary over Mount Everest. When Hillary conquered that mountain, he inspired thousands of other climbers to do uh, what was once, think- was once thought unthinkable: put the world's uh, tallest peak beneath, beneath one's feet. By his resurrection, Jesus didn't inspire others to rise from the dead, as if this was something they could accomplish with right equipment and proper training. You no, know, Jesus' prevailing feet kicked a hole in death, so that death can no longer forever swallow the rest of us. One day. Judgment Day, death will be forced to give up all its victims, and on that day, Jesus's feet will not just prevail; they'll parade. Paul wrote, "Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death." And when Paul said. Uh, that on Judgment Day, Jesus will destroy death. He used one of my favorite Greek words, katergeo. This word means to render inoperable. It's the Greek word you would use to describe what a two-year-old can do to a TV remote while you're engrossed in the newspaper. Pull it apart so that it never works again. That's what Jesus will do to death. Come Judgment Day, he will stomp on it so uh severely that it will never rear its ugly head again once pierced now prevailing soon parading that's what's amazing about the feet of our christ our king but now death is not the only enemy that jesus will stomp all over come judgment day he will stomp on the devil and render him inoperable he will stomp on evil dictators who opposed him he will stomp on all those who have mocked you for your faith. Yes, that prevailing foot is poised, ready to come crashing down in judgment. So what's Jesus waiting for, we wonder? The Apostle Peter uh, has the answer. He wrote, the Lord, not, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some uh, understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Jesus has not yet brought his prevailing foot down on the people of this world because he's waiting for a college student who, in spite of all the fun he's having, still finds there's something missing in his life. He's waiting for that person who's been given Christianity a second thought. He's waiting for a family that, that hasn't been to church in a while but knows they should be here to learn more about what Jesus has done for them. Perhaps He's waiting for you and for me to turn away from an unrepented sin, like the sin of dwelling on the weaknesses of our parents, our teachers, our skill, our called workers, or our employers. That sin leads us to tear down instead of build up. Perhaps Jesus is waiting for us to repent of the sin of laziness. We have gifts in music, but don't practice. We are gifted in Uh, to teach, but don't prepare our Sunday school lessons as well as we should. We have the gift of organizing, but use the gift for ourselves and not for the community or even for God's people. We have the gift of time, but spend the day complaining about how bored we are instead of using that time to pray. So repent of your sins. No matter how small those sins may seem to you, then look up to see the nail marks in Jesus' feet. For they proclaim sins forgiven. I'm sure David Beckham is wise to insure his feet for $70 million. After all, his feet are how he makes his living, and a good one at that. Although it may not make sense for you to insure your feet, our text has taught us that the pierced feet of Jesus inspire us, ensure us that our sins are forgiven. Not only that, those pierced feet have prevailed over death and will one day will parade all over it. So come now and fall in worship at the amazing feet of Christ your King. Then one day your feet too will parade over death and the devil. Amen. A bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Okay, everybody's favorite part of the service, the announcements. Look at how pretty that is for fall. All right, let's go. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. Very simple. You just send us an email feedback at Next, please. You can make a difference. We do need your help. Um, uh, we are a nonprofit organization, we are a nonprofit corporation. Um, we rely on your donations to make us tick, make us keep going. None of us here take a salary. This is all. Um, we are all volunteers here at Dallas Universal Life Church, so we need your help to keep our doors open. You can donate to our church if you believe in what we're saying, if you believe in what our mission is, if you hear us and you think we're doing something that's, that's beneficial to the world. Please help us out. Go to anchor.fm slash bishopmark slash support. That's our uh, our um, podcast uh, host. And all of the money that goes directly through these any of these places goes directly to the church. There is no fees held out. Anchor.fm slash bishopmark slash support. You can also go to DallasULC.com. Uh, I always try and keep it updated there where you can um, donate and have all of your options there in front of you. And last but not least, if you do shop on Amazon, please always go to smile.amazon.com when you make a purchase. Make sure that you have Dallas Universal Life Church set as your uh, charity. And Amazon will graciously give us, uh, donate to us, a half a cent for every dollar you spend. I believe it does add up, it just takes a little time sometimes. All right, moving on. Another way that you can help us out here at the church is to volunteer you can make a difference here we always have something that needs to be done like i said we are all volunteers none of us take a salary so uh if you're interested in volunteering with the church well come on in come see us or you can always go to dallasulc.com volunteer.html or you can sign up with me here at the church like i said okay we do we need your help come help us out prayer requests this is very very simple pray at dallasulc.com Pray at DallasULC.com. And what is that? That is a, an email address. So you just give us an email, send us your prayer request. You can choose to remain anonymous or leave your name. You can ask that we uh, say your prayers during the week. We do pray every day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. Or you can ask that our entire congregation pray for you on Sunday. Again, you can remain anonymous or give us your name in either one. Also, it's a place if you need to ask us about dedicating a service to a loved one, uh, one who has passed on or one who is still here and just want to give them a gift of achievement uh that's the other place that you would ask about that and get any information on that pray at lsrlc.com next please hey, did you know we had a podcast mm-hmm. y'all are so exciting today i'm telling you, y'all just right with me i know i feel it mm-hmm. we do have a podcast and guess what guys we've got something uh, well, i'll get to that in a minute i'll get to that in a minute first let's say this if you haven't checked out our podcast please do so um it's different than being here in the church it's different than watching it on youtube um, it, it's, you know, I find that I, I catch different parts of the service differently than, I, than I'm listening to it that way. I don't know what it is, when imagination runs differently or what, but that's the way to do it. Now, how do you ask? How do you, to, how do you get to see our podcast? Well, it's very simple. You either, excuse me, go to your search engine and type in uh, your path with Bishop Mark, your path with Bishop Mark, or you go to one of these lovely providers down there, and if Tim will hand me the computer, cause I'm going to need it anyway here in a minute, providers are of course tune in. Google Podcasts, Castbox, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Radio Public, Anchor, Beaker, sorry, Breaker, Overcast and Stitcher. Um uh, you can go to any of those places, just about anywhere online uh that has a podcasting service, you'll find us. Just make sure you look for your path with Bishop Mark. a pretty big milestone for any broadcast uh, uh, at all on any kind of medium to have um, 100 episodes. It's a milestone. It's a big milestone. It's a good one. Um, and on December the 1st, which is next Sunday, the beginning of, uh, it's, I think it's appropriate actually, it's the beginning of our true new church year. Um, uh, we celebrate our 100th episode of Your Path with Bishop Mark. Please join us on uh, next Sunday. Um, and we'll have a, a, a small little celebratory toast or something afterwards. Uh, I mean, we're all just going to be getting over Thanksgiving, so it won't be much. <laughs> we'll have some leftover ham or some turkey or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, come out and check it out. Okay? 100 episodes on December the 1st. Your Path with Bishop Mark. Now, while Advent is certainly a time of celebration and anticipation of Christ's birth, it is more than that. It is only the in the shadow of advent that the miracle of christmas can be fully understood and appreciated and is only in the light of christmas that the christian life makes any sense it is between the fulfilled promise of christ's first coming and the yet to be fulfilled promise of his second coming that carl barth penned these words unfulfilled and fulfilled promises promise are related to each other as are dawn and sunrise both promise and in fact excuse me both promise and in fact are in fact the same promise if anywhere at all that uh, if anywhere at all then it is precisely in the light in of the coming of Christ that faith has become advent faith the expectation of future revelation but faith knows for whom and for what it is waiting it is fulfilled faith because it lies uh, it lies hold it lays hold on the fulfilled promise the promise for Israel and the promise for the church is Jesus Christ he has come and he will come again this is the essence of of advent now advent uh starts next sunday uh, of course we do have uh, real late uh, thanksgiving this year so thanksgiving is is going to be this this next thursday but today is actually the last sunday of uh our liturgical season so this is kind of like a happy new year week going on here because next sunday is the beginning of the new church year the new church uh, uh, liturgical year so happy liturgical new year next sunday um and today is the final sunday so we're moving on We'll be actually changing um, in the RCL, the Revised Lectionary. we'll be changing our number again, or our letter. Uh, we're going back to, uh, we'll be doing C, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So we'll be going to RCL A starting next Sunday. We'll have one more week, one more th- the Thursday, we'll be in, in C. But, and if you don't know what that means, they divided the Bible up into uh, different parts so that we can complete it in a, usually a three-year time period or a little bit more because there's some variations. But that way we can get the whole Bible in and we don't forget things. We try and you know, get it all in on Sundays, okay? All right, so move along. Sums it all up right there. Again, a little clip here. Next year, next uh, next Sunday will be the uh, liturgical New Year. For next Sunday, the next Sunday, there it is. Okay. I think we got that. I think I think I I beat that one to death, didn't I? All right. Coming up, Thanksgiving this Thursday. Thanksgiving at Gallus. We'll see. Uh, we will have uh, service with communion, um, the Bishop's Roundtable, although it will be a, a very shortened Bishop's Roundtable because we do want to get to the next part, which is, of course, the potluck dinner. Um, it's going to be on Thursday, November the 28th at 5.30 p.m. This is coming Thursday, folks. If you have not signed up for the potluck, please do so today. I need to know what you're bringing. I need to know that everybody's not bringing, not everybody's bringing green bean casserole because we'd have enough green bean casserole, you know, and that gets a little old. So let's, let's get together. Let's get this done. Let's figure out what you're bringing. Um, I've got a ham. I've got a turkey. And I'm making green bean casserole so nobody else can do it. Mm-hmm. All right? It's going to be good. Y'all, if, if, if come on out. If you if, 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 uh, you need a place to go on, on Thanksgiving, you, you're not doing anything Thanksgiving evening, come, come out to the church and, and uh, share it with us. And that's it, folks, I think. Sure looks like it. All right. All right.